Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda, and our special guest, Brianna Milne. So for everyone out there, Brianna is a licensed mental health counselor, a certified mindfulness coach, and a clinical trauma professional. She has over 20 years of experience helping all ages heal from various types of adverse events or trauma. She helps people overcome past unconscious childhood and love or relationship trauma and the impact it has on their adult lives, transforming from past concerns, emotional or behavioral triggers, and fear-based anxious or negative thinking, while improving her client's confidence in all areas of life. So today we're going to talk about identifying and overcoming childhood and love trauma so that you can live a freer, more fulfilling life. Uh, Rihanna, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show. Sure. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Amanda. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And we are super excited to get this very important conversation started. And I want to remind all of our listeners, if you are joining us uh, for the first time or if you've been listening to our episodes for some time, please go ahead and click subscribe so that you will make sure that you get your every single one of the Practical Wisdoms podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, share the love and click all five stars. Okay, so Rihanna, let's get into this because I know that, you know, we've talked before and I really want to talk about something that's on your website because you have, it's a big number that some 90% of people have experienced at least one or two two adverse child events, which are called ACEs, adverse childhood events. Um, So can you share what some of those, the most common ACEs are? Yeah, I actually call them childhood traumas. I don't call them ACE scores. Um, That's from the Kaiser Permanente study, which is a great study that correlates um, unhealed unconscious childhood trauma with early health and illness and diseases. So it's a great study for you all to check out. I developed my own childhood trauma checklist a a few years before I saw the Kaiser study and was quite surprised how different our checklists were. And I identify uh, about 18 childhood traumas, but I usually talk about the top 10. And my research shows most people have one to three of the top 10 that have existed in their life. And then it comes out later in life, uh, usually in adult love relationships, but it could also be friendships uh, in the career, um, you know, career success, as well as friendships and partner love. So it definitely has a correlation there. So the top 10 that I'll go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you're just sorry. We're talking over each other, but I was going, what are those? those traumas and you're going to give us the top 10. So I interrupted you. Please continue. That's okay. All right. So the top 10, before I go into them, I'd like the audience to know that this is not about blaming your parents at this stage of life or feeling ashamed. If you have any of these as children, we're just product of our environments and we can't help you know, what happens around us in our home with our caretakers. So we're trying to look at this list as a fact. Did this happen? Did it not? And it might take you a little time to really think back to see if anything's have occurred for you. 
So the first one would be, and as I do this, it's also interesting to do three lists on a paper, one for you, one for a partner or a past partner you struggled with, and one for your parents, because the facts show childhood trauma goes through three generations at least. So if you had childhood trauma, it's certain that your mom or dad had childhood trauma too. So the first one is if any caretaker in your home had an addiction issue. And the Kaiser studies just said drug or alcohol use. Now, I'm also a drug and alcohol addictions therapist. So I name 11 of them. Um, so here they are. If your caretakers use drugs or alcohol, sex, meaning they had a sexual situation that you were aware about, um, that you were aware of and it upset you. Uh, use of porn, hoarding, eating, spending, gaming, TV watching, workaholism, or even gaming today. Um, uh, social, social media is what I mean. Social media, if you're on the social media, the machines, this has become an addiction for many people. So that's the addiction piece, number one. Number two is vocal um, or verbal abuse. So that could be witnessing your mom or dad yelling and fighting, or that could be for you, not hearing the words, I love you, not getting verbal accolades like I'm proud of you, great job. Um, just those, those hearing those words that encourage you to keep going. Instead, you might've heard you'll amount to nothing, or you're not smart enough to go to college, or you better stop eating so much you're overweight or you're fat, things like that from your mom or dad. Third is emotional abuse or neglect. Fourth is um, any physical abuse like beatings, sexual abuse, rape, or molestation, and those could have happened inside or outside of the home. Trauma number five is abandonment, and there's two types of abandonment, fault and no-fault abandonment. A fault abandonment would be if uh, a parent chose to never be in your life, if they were in your life for a while, then they disappeared due to a separation or divorce and they barely saw you or it was inconsistent. Or they could have still been in the house and there's an emotional abandonment by them just never really getting involved with you. Not as attending right. sports games, not um, talking to you about schooling, just kind of checked out. Um, a no-fault abandonment would be if a parent happens to die early, if uh, they go off to war, or if they happen to travel outside of your home a lot, and that's how they supported your family. So it's not their fault they were away, they thought they were doing the right thing, but it still has an impact on the kids. Now, interestingly enough, Kaiser's test, when I saw it, didn't have abandonment on there at all. And I was shocked because my years of experience, over 20 years as a therapist, was all with um, people of trauma. And I worked in a hospital center, uh, the child and adolescent unit, where the kids were five through 19, and there was a lot of abandonment issues there, as is number six. I had worked with kids from foster care, um, as well as kids that were adopted and didn't feel wanted. They felt they were given up by their primary parents. They felt like they never fit into the other part of the family. They felt different or they had to go live um, at another person's homes because their parents couldn't take care of them. Now, again, I saw those kids and those items were not listed on the Kaiser test, nor was personal trauma, which is number seven. And personal trauma is what I would call bullying, 
feeling different as a child. You might have been an overweight child or a skinny, a uh, little gawky child, and you might have been called a nerd at school. You might have had a medical condition like asthma and the kids teased you or you couldn't be on the sports team, so you felt different, you felt left out. Um, you might have been identified ADHD and had to be pulled out to special classes or go speak with a in-school counselor, which I was one of them. I was called a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor, and I worked with the kids that were upset or opp oppositional defiant. Um, they were bullying others or they were the bullied, just kids with emotional upset. And that position I had from grades, kindergarten, all the way through college. So I've worked, like I said, firsthand with these traumas. Trauma number eight is sibling trauma. This is where the sibling might have bullied you. Um, they might have been born with a medical issue commanding more of mom's and dad's time and you felt slighted or most common, you saw them as the golden child, the more favored one. That could have been because they were more intelligent, maybe more handsome or pretty, the star athlete, something like that. Trauma number nine, I have two parts. I brought one down from a later list, the, the later list, but it had to be in the top 10. And the one I brought in was community trauma because this was not so relevant for me um, years ago. But now we're seeing our mass shootings, school shootings, uh, huge communities wiped out by floods, fires, hurricanes, volcanoes, a lot of Mother Nature events. So that is very traumatic for everyone. Can you imagine little children li living through that? And then the other one is family trauma on number nine. And that's if a parent was incarcerated, which was included with the Kaiser study, um, also, if you grew up in a dangerous neighborhood, uh, if you remember having a lot of lack in your life, you know, you heard that, you know, the heating bill couldn't be paid or there was enough money for food. You remember feeling scared. Uh, another family trauma could have been you lost your house in the mortgage crisis 2008. Um, Another could be the military families who are moving every two to four years, putting their kids in different schools each time. So there's a lot around family trauma. That's just a few examples. And then number 10 is if mom or dad had a mental health issue, uh, the most common and most difficult for children to navigate is bipolar and borderline. And I describe borderline personality disorder as quick trigger anger, severe moodiness. You never know what you're going to get. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And you just don't know any minute the, you know, the other shoe could drop and they just explode. And then the other one is bipolar. So manic could come out as an eating binge, a spending spree, a gambling binge, um, and many other ways. And depression could come out as anger, checking out emotionally, or extreme fatigue. So those are the top 10 that I identify. Wow. wow. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that whole list. I mean, um, some of those do definitely ring true for things that I experienced in my life and with people that I know. So it, mm -hmm. it definitely affects people. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. How, how can these adverse childhood traumas later lead to adult toxic behavioral patterns? There's many, many patterns. I've identified at least 24, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot of them. So I'll just name a few things in the way that they could show up. Um, jealousy and control, for example. 
is uh, when an adult doesn't feel good enough, so they start controlling their partner. Uh, they often lack personal control. Um, this might be, for example, most of my clients are successful women in business but struggle in love. So they might have settled and had a boyfriend that doesn't earn as much or isn't as responsible. And yet that boyfriend is very jealous and controlling of them uh, because inside he doesn't feel like he's measuring up. He knows she's more powerful. And this can be a very toxic dynamic if that's um, what situation they're in. Um, lying and manipulation, where does that come from? That comes from the child who is afraid of being punished. Um, oh, I'm sorry, let's go back to jealousy and control. That comes from yeah. trauma number seven, when you were bullied and didn't feel good enough, um, and it still is sticking with you, or you might have heard those verbal messages of you're not good enough, you'll amount to nothing. So uh, they just don't feel good enough as an adult. So that's where the jealousy and control comes from. So lying and manipulation, that one comes again from the fear of being punished. Um, let's say a little boy was uh, horribly beaten by his father and kind of uh, given cold response from the mother because she was also afraid from the father. So he found love by uh, schmoozing his female teacher and he knew if he went home with bad grades he might have been hit by you know the father and dismissed by the mother so he would manipulate the teacher to get better grades be the class pet or this uh, little boy might turn into the the class clown uh, he might do things to try to get away so now he doesn't get in trouble because he has a 50-50 chance if he lies, he's not going to get hit. So that's where lying becomes perfected. And it's usually often uh, in duo with manipulation. One that a lot of women have is people pleasing. And they have learned as yes, a young yeah. girl, right? If they had that difficult yeah. father or mother, let's say an alcoholic mother, um, she was nasty in the morning, so this older daughter might have gotten all the kids up, dressed, ready for school, fed, off to the bus stop, people pleasing to death and being overly responsible just so she wouldn't be yelled at by this angry, cranky mom. Um, and then she just got used to getting love by doing and um, overdoing, really, for others. So this would be a woman later in life who would come to me and say, Rihanna, I do everything for my husband and my kids. They do nothing for me. I love them so much and I feel no kind of love back. Um, so they end up feeling very angry, exhausted and resentful. So I really have to work on their boundaries and people pleasing and help them to raise their self-esteem. Um, they do these things to be liked and to be accepted um, and it becomes right. a habit. Mm -hmm. Another thing could be imposter syndrome. This is when, you know, we have a lot of athletes or singers, dancers, models who make it to the top and they're like, well, why did I make it over everyone else? And they kind of start sabotaging themselves, right? They don't feel like they measure up or they should have gotten all the awards or the accolades. And uh, that again comes from not feeling good enough, not hearing those reinforcing messages. And another one is perfectionism. You know, um, controlling in the workplace can work, but once you start controlling your partner 
or your kids are micromanaging at home, you make everybody stressed out. So perfectionism can really be harmful to relationships and also blaming behavior where, um, you know, you you might have an argument and you don't claim responsibility. It's always blaming your partner for the problem versus looking at yourself. Like it's hard for you to say you're sorry. It's hard to apologize. So blaming behavior and one that uh, uh, a high government official has, and I won't say his name, but it's called blurting out, saying very inappropriate things and people wondering like, why would he say that? Um, and that is a direct correlation to unhealed childhood trauma, actually. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like um, Some of these are things that we've talked about. We've talked about imposter syndrome and perfectionism here at Petite de Queen. And it's really eye-opening to see like where that may have come from, how, how childhood trauma has kind of evolved into these things that we see in adulthood. Right. So it's really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some signs that you or maybe your partner may have had a past trauma that is now negatively impacting your relationships? Well, all of those that I just mentioned, uh, you could also see them overworking. They use work to feed their ego. This, uh, this is where a lot of women became very successful in business. They worked hard in school to get out of the toxic household. They found that they felt good at school because they were Uh, complimented by their teachers, and that's certainly a good thing. We all need ego development as we're growing up. And if you're not getting it in the home or from your parents, you might get it from doing well in school. So this is very often the case with my ladies. They will overwork and then they become very successful in business, but they keep struggling in love. They keep repeating a toxic relationship cycle and they can't figure out why. And that is one of the main signs. I call it same person, different face. They keep attracting the same personality type that ends up being a toxic relationship. Um, You might see abuse of alcohol, drugs. Um, Very often men use sex for love or sex to soothe their anxiety. And if their partner turns them down, they get angry. Uh, They feel rejected. They don't feel good enough. And that's... um, they're using sex for power and control, and then they also are upset when their their parent their partners are rejecting them, even if it's a legitimate reason why they can't have sex that night. They they don't see it. They take it really to heart. Um, there might be passive aggressive behaviors where, let's say, a man could not speak his feelings, or he would have gotten hit by his father, so he just clams up and can't speak his feelings or talk about his fears or his needs. So he just shuts down and becomes very passive. And then later he might explode at something totally unrelated to the issue. So those are just a few examples. Yeah, so you know, you also talk about this in your wonderful ebook where you're talking about these um, unconscious emotional triggers and unconscious behaviors and mm-hmm. how they influence us, you know, in love and in our life, of course. So, and you you've been sharing some of what this um and how they impact you, but um what are some of these other unconscious behaviors? Um, and how they manifest themselves in our relationships. What can we look out for so we can sort of see these types of signs? 
Um, well, I just named about 15 of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's more that I can name right off the top of my head. I mean, uncontrolled anger, acting out, shutting down, uh, any kind of addictive behavior, any cheap drama. Um, again, not apologizing, blaming, manipulation, cunning behavior. So any of those will be so obvious signs of unhealed childhood trauma. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of different um, traumas and behaviors that have come out. How does someone overcome these childhood traumas and the emotional triggers and the negative behaviors that we see in adulthood? Yeah, it's quite a process. It takes me four to six months to work with someone with a coaching program that's all solution and research based. Um, I have a 150 page notebook, so they fill out forms and how they answer them is how I know to help them. So it's very individualized uh, according to what their traumas are, how many they have, which ones they have, and the severity level of a one to 10. Um, I look at all of that, uh, the whole family dynamics, the relationship patterns that they've had with their love partners in the past. So I describe it like a rainbow. You're starting at the end of you don't know what you don't know. And as you learn, you're going up the, the rainbow and you're learning and you're doing better, but then you'll slip and then you learn some more and then you'll slip. So it takes a while because we are making the unconscious, unaware mind and behavioral patterns, which we call normalized, very conscious. So you become consciously aware of everything you do, what you say, how you act, what you write and you think before you do versus acting impulsively or just from unconscious behaviors. So it takes a while. I call it the mindset for success. That's what we're nurturing. So it's 50% life coaching and 50% love coaching. But you need to be a successful single first to attract emotionally healthy love to you. Or if you're a couple that comes to me, I have to dissect each of the childhoods of partner A and partner B, see what the traumas were and how it's showing up in the adult relationship now and those toxic patterns that keep showing up. And then we have to communicate what they are and how to communicate differently when somebody's emotionally triggered. And eventually the triggering goes way down, if not goes away. It barely shows up. And if something does show up, you know right away mentally what to do to correct it. Wow. So what kind of transformation can people expect to see, you know, as they're working through these, uh, these traumas and they work with you? Oh, there's all different kinds. It's amazing. I mean, I have over 100 testimonials on my website, rihannamilne.com, and it's great to see it in their words versus mine. But I mean, some go from a great promotion or get the job that they want before they didn't have the confidence to do that. Um, they've gone from toxic dating to having amazing partners and the partners, actually, I, I'm an officiant. So I have married three of the people that came oh, to me for coaching. Yeah. That's and amazing. They me, yeah. They called me in to be their officiant because they said I totally changed their life. Um, they came out of very toxic relationships and found amazing partners. And these couples have been together since the early 2000s. 
So this whole program has been very time tested. Um, they're happy if an issue comes up and they know that it will, they know how to negotiate through it. They're calmer, they're peaceful, they don't have anxiety. Most people come to me with high anxiety or they might've been on psychotropic medication. My people tend to go off their meds within two weeks. Um, we, it's holistic, mind, body, spirit. We also do vitamin therapy, meditation. So there's all different approaches that I use to help calm the anxiety and the emotional triggers and educate them that when a trauma comes up, what to do psychologically to make sure that does not become an issue. It's just something to talk about instead of yeah. being a fledged issue. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're really training them so that they can maintain the results for the rest of their life. I mean, that yes. they can basically, you know, respond to, to whatever new things life tosses their way. Yes, this is completely uh, life sustaining. You know, once you learn this, you've got it forever. So, you know, when people make an investment, they're like, please to do so, because I just say, do it younger than, than older. You know what I mean? But my oldest client came in at 73, um, Bob, and he um, had four marriages. All the women left him. He couldn't figure out why, but he was an alcoholic and he was a gambler, but he quit those yet he still had the underlying issues. The root issues were not addressed, uh, which made him very difficult personality to deal with. And he was a big attention seeker and he didn't see anything was wrong. He just thought he was funny. Uh, humor is another uh, way people show unhealed trauma. But um, yeah, so we got him on the other side of the rainbow. We started dating. He's been with the same woman five years. They're really happy. He's now 78. She's 73. They keep sending me their pictures from their cruises from White Night, you know, dancing, and they're they're having the time of their life. And he said, Rihanna, I've never been happier now than now, you know, my entire life. So uh, I just I don't wait to 73. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, what a perfect way to um, end our discussion as well. I mean, Rihanna, I have to tell you, thank you. I mean, you've certainly uh, brought up some, uh, the, the whole spectrum from, you know, start to finish about sharing, you know, this information about childhood traumas, the imp impact it has on relationships and your own behavior, and then how people can overcome it and see a positive transformation. That's been fabulous. How can people find out more about you? Sure. Uh, the best place is my website. It's rihannamilne.com. And when you're there, you can get the free ebook that Lynn, you were talking about. And also there's four free love tests to take to see if you have childhood trauma or if you're in a relationship, if there's a lot of red flags there. So you can take those. There's also free book chapter downloads of both my Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams books. And I have an amazing podcast with 75 shows in. It's called Lessons in Life and Love. And you can listen to that on any platform or get the app, Lessons in Life and Love, on the go. Yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, so many people listen to their podcasts on the go, um, which is a great way for us to um, to get this information. And this has been a, an absolutely informative discussion. Thank you so much again. And I would like to reach out to our audience. And if you have ideas you'd like to share or comments, 
please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, you can email us at jointheconversation@petitequeen.com. And of course, you want to stay current on all this fabulous and wonderful, insightful advice and our, the resources and articles that we provide at petitequeen.com, you can go ahead and sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter and you will never miss out. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye.